Awesome. So good to be here. Uh, I said this last time and I say it again. I don't feel like I'm a guest here. It feels like I'm, I've come to visit a cousin or a family. Um, we feel like family here, even though the face has changed, even though all, uh, new people come. Uh, we really do believe that uh, our hearts are linked and uh, we're in this together. It's an absolute privilege to, and you'll hear the story unfold, but uh, to be in America and normally goodbyes are see you. We don't know when we're going to be back, maybe a year, maybe two years. But uh, yeah, this one, we're down the road, so we can come visit you. You can come visit us. Uh, my name's Craig. This is Karen. Uh, you just want, might have seen our three kids. But um, we are going to share a story. But before we do that, I, uh, I feel like I've got a word for, for, for you guys as a church. But more than that, it's more for your leader, uh, for Mark and Kara. I... Uh, we're staying with them, and it's very easy. Uh, we've had meals, and we're going to carry on having meals together. It's very easy to share something like this privately with them, um, and it would still mean something. But I honestly felt like this is something that I should share publicly because I think it's going to have huge ramifications. In, uh, it's not like you know, they say the Lord, and now you guys have to do it. But I just wanted to, to not just make it something that we share you know, but around a table just with them. I want it to be something that you guys can be witness to. And, uh, and we can pray, pray for you guys. And uh, it's, it's a, it was a tough passage of Scripture that God gave me because um, it's a passage of Scripture that we use to describe and, and, and interact with salvation. And it's the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. But in verse 22, it says this. If I can find it. It says, um, But the father said to the servant, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. And I honestly felt like for, for you guys as a couple, God's wanting to, wanting to relaunch you. I felt like almost the expectation, I didn't even tell Taryn this, and yeah, I don't know if she feels anything on this line, but I felt like even as we're driving here, that, it, not that it's me or anything, but it's like a, 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 God wants to, reordain you for the next season that's coming. He wants to pour out his spirit. And someone we were speaking before and made the joke of pouring oil on your on your beard. And even when we were in the quip, I, I had this picture vividly of oil. I was like, God, must I go buy olive oil and pour it on him in church? And I don't know how they're going to take that and his shirt and, and all of that. But um, but those three things of, of this robe, this ring and the shoes, is I feel like God's righteousness um, is not only going to be over you, Mark, but it's going to be over you as a couple. And there's a significance of you guys being robed in the righteousness of Christ, in, 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 in going forward, in knowing what you're ministering out of this, this heart of totally devoted to Christ. And it's not, uh, it's not a thing of just on you, Mark, as, as, as you the husband, as you the lead, but as, as a couple uh, going forth. And the, the, the ring representing an authority, uh, God wants to give you a new authority. God wants to pour out His Spirit on you and, and almost ordain you for the future that you're going to walk in a new authority. But with that authority, the thing that was significant why a ring was given is even though he had received his inheritance, his father was giving him a future and saying, he has more inheritance. I'm giving you my, my signet ring. I'm giving you the ability to, to, to be back as a son going forward. And I feel like God's going to give you your inheritance. You're going to start seeing some of your inheritance. Often, we view inheritance as something that we're only going to receive when someone's died. 
And it's something you get once there's death. But no, now under your watch, you're going to start seeing some of the promises and the inheritance. And that ties into the next one. It shoes the ability to walk into this inheritance. I think there's, there's dreams and there's desires and there's, there's stuff that you have felt prophetically that, you're going to, that God's going to equip you equip your feet to actually walk into those things. It's not going to be just out there. It's not going to be these pipe dreams that you've dreamt about for many years. But there's actually going to be a, 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 a practical walking in this um, into the future. And I honestly just felt like uh, we're going to pray for you that it's this moments. Not that I've got the prayer. Not that, uh, that, that anyone has the anointing to do this. And I want you guys to agree as I pray for them. But it's almost going to be like you're going to tangibly feel the anointing oil of God poured all over you. Uh, I wish I could just cover you guys in oil, but uh, we're not going to do that. But I just felt like, for you, and, it's, and, and that's, that's going to have a ramification for things might look different into the future as a church. Things might, uh, it might be a, a, a newness in leadership. It might be a newness in the way we do things. Who knows? Uh, but when God does something with leaders, it's going to impact the community. I just, I just felt like, I wanted to share that, and I'm, we're going to pray for you guys. But stay seated, stay seated, seated, seated. Am I okay to move you and pray? If anyone online doesn't see me, I'm sorry, just hear my voice. Look, God, guys, if you want to reach your hands forward, you want to agree with me, maybe the other elders can just come behind them and lay your hands on them. Uh, I know we do this as a team, uh, but every team has a captain, and every team has a leader, and God has ordained this couple to lead this church in this season. And look, God, as, as a friend, as a, uh, uh, a part of the, the, the team that, 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 that works with this church and has the privilege of not coming back once but coming back many times, I want to pray for this couple, Lord God. I thank you, God, that you have kept them, that the, uh, the plans of the enemy have been there to try and corrupt and stop what you are building and what you are doing. And Lord God, I pray that uh, it might have been a tough season, but I pray, Lord God, right now, from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, Lord God, they feel your anointing. Often we pray prayers like this, and we, uh, it's, it's something that we have faith for, but Lord God, I pray that they will be aware right now of your Holy Spirit drenching them from the top of their heads, Lord God. May you bring them, uh, not bring them back into the kingdom as in bring them into salvation and coming back to salvation, but may you bring them into a newness into your kingdom, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that they will receive this robe of righteousness, Lord God, that uh, they won't address problems that maybe they are facing with good ideas or, uh, or, or, or well-oiled well plans, Lord God, but that will be your righteousness, Holy Spirit, will reign in their life. That righteousness resembles everything that Jesus has laid his life down for. Everything you wanting to see worked out in your lives, in this church's lives, will be filtered through the righteousness of Christ. Lord God, I pray right now that they uh, feel and may there be this uh, 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 mantle of, of your authority, of this ring on their finger, Lord God, and re what it represents, Lord God. That they will see their inheritance, Lord God. That they will have the authority right now to, to, to walk into their inheritance, Lord God. Some of the dreams and the desires, as you, as you, you, you fit them with this, these spiritual shoes, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that they'll be able to walk into this. I pray for a moment like it was with, uh, with Joshua, Lord God, that the, the promised land is there. 
Lord God, may they feel the commissioning that you have brought them and you've created them for such a time as this. That there might, be, there might be things that they're looking at and saying, if this changes and if that changes, we're able to be more effective. No, you have called them, therefore they're more effective. And I pray as the prophetic words that have stirred in their hearts, that the things that they've dreamt about, even the things that this team has spoken about, Lord God, I pray right now, Lord God, that you'll release those things over this church, Lord God. Amen. Release those things over this couple, Lord God. If there's gifts that they're trusting for, release those things, Holy Spirit, right now, so they can walk in them. I thank you for Impact Rock. I thank you for Mark and Carol, Lord God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, for your anointing. That is not something we can manufacture. That's not something we can create. It's something that you give. And I pray you give it more and more and more and more and more and more. I pray it's like that parable where that widow keeps pouring out the jar and there's just oil for every single season. There is flour for every single season. I pray, Lord God, that you'll sustain them and you'll anoint them for everything coming up, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, as, as, as they work some of this out, Lord God, I pray that this leadership team, Lord God, will be able to, to take this into the future, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, as, as, as elders, as a group of elders, as a team, Lord God, that you will anoint them for the future, Lord God. I pray right now, Lord God, you just start tightening heartstrings together, Lord God. You start uh, bringing this team closer, Lord God. If there's a, yeah, just protect them, Lord God. And anoint them all for the future, Lord God. We love you, our King. Amen. So today is probably going to be a little bit different to a, a, normal, a normal message. Uh, the last couple of times you've had me uh, ranting and raving at you guys. Um, here's my softer but no less powerful side. Um, and, um, but I'm going to ask you guys to do something. Uh, we don't feel like this is just information and this is a cool story to share. Last time I was yeah, no, I challenged you guys with... Uh, uh, not just spectating, and I, I've said this in many churches I go to, I hate rows. I don't know if there's another way, a better way of, of seating. I, I don't know what it would look like. Um, back in Cornerstone, we went through a season where we got rid of rows and we made circles. So there was these circles in our auditorium, and it was very weird sitting at church, hearing someone's speech, and you're, you're seeing a whole bunch of people opposite you in the circle. It was, it was quite, uh, you know, just, Jarring. Yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't nice. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but unfortunately this is what we've got but in this I'd like us to participate is, is, is often in preachers what we want is we want to stop and we want to preach up to a climax and we want to present this amazing call and then we, we, we wait until the end to, to, to respond and I want to uh, we might stop in the middle of the meeting and respond and I'm asking you to have the boldness to respond to what God's got uh, there might be, yeah, it might be midpoints, it might be after points, it might even be at the end, but whatever it is, whatever God's got for us, I want to ask you just to respond to God um, in, in what He said to us. So, we just felt like we wanted to share our story. I think um, we've, in this journey of, of, of responding to God, God has linked our hearts with, with certain people in America, and, uh, and, and this couple's one of them, this church is one of them, uh, we, we speak often, they've been, they've been there from the beginning, they've been there, 
Okay, they've actually been there at the very beginning, so and we'll tell you about that now. But um, we just thought it would be helpful just to, as you guys have prayed for us, to give you the big picture and, and what God's saying to us. And in that, some of the challenges that we've gone through, that God will hopefully fill you with, um, with, with faith for your future um, and seeing God do everything He needs to. So our journey started at, um, at, it started in 2014, but in 2013... I remember I had had the opportunity of coming to a conference in um, in Denver, and I was in Denver for the first time uh, ever, and was at this conference down at, at, at Redemption, and uh, it was during the week, and on the Saturday, uh, a friend of mine was like, I'm going to this church, you want to come with? And I thought, well, I've got nothing else to do on a Saturday, and uh, Impact Rock used to, used to have their meetings on a Saturday, so off I went with him, and uh, and really that was where I got to meet Mark for the first time. Um, I wasn't even ministering. I, wasn't, I was just there. And God linked our hearts. And in, in 2014, we had the opportunity of going to uh, spend three months in Canada. And uh, just in the time where we were, we'd been on eldership at Cornerstone for five years. And we just felt like there was, uh, God wanted to take us across there just to, for me, it was either have grace to carry on doing what we're doing or God's doing something new. At the end of those uh, three months, or, or you know, three months in, in, in Canada, we actually came and spent some time uh, with uh, and stayed with Mark and Kara and, uh, and, and ministered Yeah, And I can remember clearly when we were about to leave uh, um, Canada, I felt God say to me, we're going to plant a church in New York. And I shared this wonderful news with my wife. And uh, she said, there's... Who was? Yeah, who was very pregnant with our third child. And had two toddlers. <laughs> and uh, I think that's a good context, right? Yeah. <laughs> and she said, there is no way in hell. <laughs> no. <laughs> there, that's not happening. Uh, so I was like, well, you know, that's the greatest way for you to respond to something that God's saying to you. Well, um, um, I, don't even, I don't even know if I shared it with you guys, but um, I remember we, uh, with Mark, I remember uh, meeting with Tyron and Nicole who lead the NCMI team and we had lunch with them, and I thought, definitely I'm going to share it with them, and they're going to be on board. They're going to be 100%. Like a church plant in New York. Who wouldn't want to be on board with that? It's the most amazing thing in the world. And uh, we sat having lunch at, uh, at Flatirons at a restaurant there, and I looked at them, I was like, God is, you know, they were like, what's happened? How's the last three months? I said, you know, God's spoken clearly. We're planting a church in New York. And they both looked at Taryn, and they said, how do you feel about it? She said, there's no way in hell we're going to be doing this. <laughs> And they both looked at me and said, well, there's your answer. And I was like, cheapers. God, what is going on? Like, there's this clear calling that this is what you've called me, called us to do. But uh, your wife's just not having but it. But my wife's not having it. And I don't want to drag her. Um, and, I, and, and through processing it, um, I, I felt like God was just, just shelve it. And um, it's, not, it's not going away. Just, just put it on the shelf. And uh, in 2015, and, and part of it was um, God had other plans for us back in Johannesburg. And I did f- feel like when we left America to go back, that God gave us grace to carry on being there. And it was probably one of, we went into one of the best seasons we had ever been in Cornerstone. We had the privilege of, of leading one, a, a campus, one of our bigger ones, and we learned so much. Um, but there was always this, at least in my heart, maybe not in my wife's heart, there was always this, okay, God, was that... <laughs> Was that something that you said? Was that your calling? 
Um, I, I have shelved it in my heart, um, but you know, what, what, what is happening with it? And uh, finally God spoke to my wife. <laughs> so at the end of 2016, so that's already a year, two, two years later, um, God spoke. I was sitting in a ladies' meeting with a woman, Kelly Taylor, um, her husband, Kian, her they're great evangelists, and she was busy speaking about how, um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, really, <laughs> but I do remember God very clearly speaking into my heart. I felt him say, I want you to listen to this, Taryn, because this is about New York. And honestly, I don't remember having conversations with Craig about New York before that, to be honest with you. Um, it may have happened, I just ignored them. Um, and so what she said was the Lord once spoke to her and he said, if you can be obedient to your husband, he can be obedient to me. And that really hit me, but I didn't tell my husband. <laughs> what a no, great wife. You know, I have never thought, because I've always been a, a strong advocate with following the Lord and obeying him. Honestly, in my heart, I really have been. I never thought that I would, I would ignore him <laughs> and I would say, that's not necessary, thanks. We'll just leave that alone for now. And I dragged my heels um, about that and made my life quite miserable doing it. I think it's important to know context because at that time we were uh, leading, uh, like I said, one of our sites at Cornerstone and just the way we set it up, my, my dad was leading the eldership team and I, we had the privilege of leading, I think it was 15 uh, on, on an eldership team with 15 other couples, uh, and we, we were happy. There was this, there was this, this, this nagging thought that I, that I had, and it, God would remind me, or I would remind myself, but it's not like we were looking for something else. We, were, we had just gone through the transition to this multi-site model as we were trying to uh, you know, be more effective in Johannesburg, and, and we were happy. Um, the transition wasn't the easiest one, but, but we finally hit our place where we felt like, okay, God, you, you, we, we've got faith for the future, we can carry on doing this. And um, at the beginning of 2017, uh, we were in a, me- a national... Uh, in the middle of tw- May 2017. Sorry, May 2017. We uh, were in a national elders uh, conference back in South Africa where all the elders of South Africa got together. And I was doing... I was, we were hosting in Cornerstone and I was doing something and came into this meeting and ministry is already happening and I was, I don't know who they're praying for or what's getting prayed for, so I just stood in my chair and closed my eyes and we were busy worshipping and God dropped something in my heart and he said, now people have said, how have you felt this? I don't know, when, when, you're, when you were young and you were outside and you heard your mother shout at you, you just knew you were in trouble, right? Guys, yes? You just knew the tone, your hawk goes, yes. <laughs> you, know, you know the tone, you know uh, the, the words she uses, you know what level of trouble you are in. I, I think it's the same with God, but when He speaks, you just know. You just know it's not one of your voices that, that you've created in your heart and your head. You know it's Him. I don't know if you have other voices in your head. If you don't, that's fine. But uh, I, I have conversations with myself. and um, This was one of those moments where God spoke and I knew it was Him. And He asked me, He said, Are you willing to do everything I ask you to do? And I was like, of course, like, that's a no-brainer. And he said to me again, are you willing, are you going to do everything to 100% obedience? 
I was like, okay, God, like, yes. The, yes, the, um, of course, like, still, I know it's 100% obedience, I'm going to do it. And suddenly, this desire to plant a church in New York came out again, and I was like, oh no, you're asking me to do that. <laughs> and then, I shared it with Taryn at, at, when we went home that night, and, um, and then she shared her part. No, what, I, no oh, I didn't. It took a couple of days, yeah. <laughs> but uh, then, we actually started discussing it, and you know, she was like, but if this is God, um, what... The, I can remember we, we discussed these, um, these, there's just three things, and we said uh, it was our kids, we're worried about our kids' future, we're worried about, um, we're worried about like, the, the finances, how to do it, and our family, like our church family, how are we going to do this? We got into the next session the next day, and uh, someone came up to us, and uh, I don't want to exaggerate, but someone came up to us, and they said to us, they gave us a prophetic word and they said they saw a, a set of headphones, but God was saying, but it was I had one in my ear and Taryn had one in her ear and we were hearing the same thing. Um, they said, whatever God's saying to you, you're both hearing the same thing. And then the next person gave us a prophetic word and they said, um, they feel like God's calling us to do something and we mustn't worry about our kids. It's, it's part of their future. Um, God will provide the finances to do it. And they even said, your family are going to celebrate in what we're doing. So we were like, okay, God, uh, clearly, clearly you're saying something. And then a friend of ours who doesn't normally do this, and he's never really given us, given us a prophetic word, he gave us Deuteronomy 1, verses 6 to 7, and it said, The Lord your God said to us in Hebron, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country. And he said to me, I'm not reading into this. I don't want to... I don't want to uh, you know, make more of this than it is. I'm just giving you this word, I don't, I just, this um, prophetic, uh, this scripture. I don't, you must weigh it up. And I'm bawling my eyes out because of what God's saying. And then a, a, a friend of ours came up to us and she just said to us, I don't know why, but God's telling me you'll be in America soon, as soon as, uh, sooner than you think. So we were like, okay, God, you're definitely speaking. You know, there's something of this. And... Um, and the more we discovered it, then you know, Taryn spoke to me about what God was saying to her, and we knew that it was, this is God. And uh, then in 2017, I don't know, just one moment. In 2018. 18, sorry, yeah. Okay, so in um, June 2000, uh, 27, uh, 2017, we did come to the U.S. Equip, and. Um, Okay, I was still dragging my heels, so that wasn't the greatest time. <laughs> and then, but by June uh, 2018, when we came again, um, we had uh, submitted our forms. No, not yet. No. Um, we had come to the US Equip again. And then in the December, we came again. So we were certain of what, what, what God was wanting to do now. Um, we were certain that God was sending us to the US, but we had no way of getting here. Um, to on a work visa, Craig has only ever worked at the church, so we don't have a business to send us to the US. Um, on the R1, that's a religious workers visa. You'd have to have a church here who's able to um, to tick all the boxes, and there are plenty of boxes. Trust me, um, to be able to uh, sponsor us to come into the states. And so um, the friends that we had weren't able to do that because. 
there are so many boxes to tick. And, uh, and so if we, had, we were okay with that. We just didn't know how else we could get in. So in December, we came uh, for a week, Craig and I, to go straight to New York and just to trust God for what was next. And a couple uh, from the New Covenant Ministries International team, they were coming from Scotland. Scotland. They won a weekend away. They, yeah, they, they won a weekend away in New York. So they came over and they saw on Craig's Facebook that we were there. So he says, would you mind, could we just have a coffee with you? Um, we're like, you have a weekend away and you want a coffee with us? That's fine. Um, and so, so we sat down with them and they were talking and they were saying, um, just like, tell us your story, what's going on. And we were explaining to them that this is what we really feel God has said, but we don't know how to get here. And uh, he said, well, I really feel like you guys were speaking that you would knock on a door and God would open it and everything would fall into place. And so, um, oh, I haven't told the rest. Am I good? Okay. And so um, I said to Craig, uh, Scott, uh, he leads the church in Wichita, um, but he he doesn't connect with NCMI at all. And he said, but I really feel that this is, we should ask him. Um, like they, had a, they have a church that's now 12 years strong. And, um, and I said, well, let's just try. I mean, we can just ask. And so when Craig did ask, he said, no, that, that's great. I mean, we'll talk uh, with my elders, but uh, we want to help in whatever way we can. So I want to push pause there because I want to just highlight something. We don't often know what God's doing when God speaks. And you know, for us it was, uh, we were just responding to God's, uh, God's call. And it was this, do you, are you willing to be obedient? And it, for me it was, it was very clear. It was, God challenged me when I was processing that of, if you don't respond to me and do what I've called you to do, you're walking in disobedience. And how can I bless disobedience? Um, so for us, it was, it was always grounded in this sense of knowing God had called us. And honestly, as, as, as I was preparing that point, um, a challenge for you and, and maybe something for you guys to think about, is have you heard God call you about something? Are we speaking about a church plant? It doesn't have to be a church plant. It might be pursuing Him. It might be doing something for Him. It might be sorting out your life. It might be... Uh, there's, there's, there's thousands, there's millions of decisions, but it's knowing that we're willing to do everything that God has told us to do to 100% ability, uh, to 100% obedience. Because if you're not doing that to 100%, you, you, you're walking in disobedience. And it's, 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 it's that's, that's the, the challenge, I feel, and, and, and maybe you want to respond to it. We want to take a moment to just say, God, I know you've called me to do something. I know you've called me to work out my salvation. You know you've called me to be more integrated in church. I know you've called me to, to not just uh, sit back and watch life happen, but to actually take my call of God or take my salvation seriously and do some. Maybe given me a gift to, to play guitar or be involved or whatever it is. There's, there's so many things. I'm just trying to shotgun as many of them as I can. But I'm, I think the banner is, have you felt like God has called you? If not, welcome to Christianity. Because there's a call on every single one of us. There's a call of any, every single one of us to be part of a local church. There's a call of every single one of us to not only be part, but to be 
integrated, to be, to be part of and to function in a local church. Now, I know COVID has, has, its, has, its, has had its season, and I know it's been chaos, and every church leader is trying to figure out what church is going to look like coming into the future. But I feel like it's, it's a reset moment. We have an opportunity to say, what has God said, and what are we going to do? If God has spoken, what are we going to do about what God has spoken? And if God hasn't spoken, God, here I am, speak to me. There's moments, and I, I agree, there's moments, I remember at the last session of the equip, and I didn't, I, I didn't share it then, I didn't feel it was then, but today I felt it was, it was I saw it again. There's moments of during worship, of this moment like Isaiah, Isaiah um, in, in heaven, looking at this picture of heaven, his response is, here I am, God, send me. And I feel like there's a response that God wants of us to say, it's great to have these moments of worship. It's amazing to, to see the Spirit move and to, to feel His touch and to feel Him moving. But what changes? Do we just push pause and say, that was great for the Sunday. No, that was great for us to respond to God. So if you want to respond, I want to pray for us. I, I told you we're going to participate. I told you it's not just going to be uh, about sitting and watching. So if you want to stand and lift your hands, uh, Lord God, I want to pray for, for people here today that want to respond to you. Maybe they've heard you speak. Maybe they haven't heard you speak, and they, but they, they, they know that you are here. They know that through the songs we sing, through the, everything we do, that you are here. And I pray for us, Lord God, that we will follow you 100%, Lord God. That there won't be uh, 99% of our lives that follow you. No, every decision we make will be aligned to what is Jesus saying? What is the king saying? What is it, what, how does this translate to your kingdom being established in my life, Lord God? I pray for the big decisions we need to make, the, the, the big life decisions. May you speak in them. I pray we'll be obedient to what you said, and I pray for the, the little decisions that maybe we're thinking about. There's no big and little decisions. There's just decisions to follow God 100% or not. Even pray for people that might be watching this now or might be watching it into the future that are at home and, uh, and, and they, they, they might have a good reason for why they're at home still. But I pray something will captivate their heart. Holy Spirit, speak to them and know you don't want them just to watch church. You want them to become part of, to be integrated. I pray that the future of this group of people will be men and women who are integrated and functioning in local church. Bearing fruit for your kingdom. Do that right now, Lord God. For men and women, for families in this church that are standing up and responding, even if they've never heard you speak to them, uh, clearly I pray right now that they'll have the sense of urgency to, to, to pursue you, a sense of urgency to seek your will and follow that 100%. Like it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord God. I pray we respond to that with 100%. Uh, obedience, no matter what it means we have to do, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to carry on. Now, yeah, to, to push pause there and to say, six years ago, a friend of ours was uh, passing through South Africa to get to another country, and um, he came to our prayer meeting, and we just had dinner with him afterwards, and, and he went off to do what he had to do. Um, when Taryn spoke about Scott, that was Scott. And six years ago, he had been following our journey. And when he found out that, that we were planting, he just said, is there anything we can do? And uh, we said, well, like Terence said, we've got that prophetic word. And we felt like he was the guy we needed to ask. And we asked, and he opened the door. And uh, in 2000, and, uh, 
you know, the beginning of 2019, we started the process and officially submitted our forms uh, for, to immigration to come on our visa. And uh, that, yeah, that was the process because, like Taryn said, there's a lot of uh, boxes to tick. And in the beginning of 2020, I'm sure as every one of us, 2020 came and we were ready to take hold of the kingdom of God. We're ready. The amounts of 2020 vision statements I'd seen, and it's the year of seeing God and seeing everything He's got and pursuing all of that. And then the lockdown happened. And at the beginning of the lockdown, we, um, you know, the beginning of April, we received the notification that our visa had been granted and that we had been given our visa, uh, which would lead us into the most frustrating time of our life because what has to happen is you have to get a visa and then you have to go to the embassy and they're going to interview and make sure the person that applied for the visa is the person they're giving the visa to. And because of COVID, they shut down the embassy. And uh, we made one appointment and it got cancelled. We made another, another appointment that got cancelled. We made another appointment that got cancelled. We made another appointment. And we're like, God, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I'm so sick and tired of this. Uh, God, are you still in this? And God kept on bringing us back. It wasn't like He said something new. It wasn't, He didn't give us new words. He just kept on reminding us, I'm still in it. You're still obeying me 100%. You're still pursuing everything I've asked you to do. There's just this delay. And, um, you know, you you can say what you want to say about the delay. But it was was stopping us from from doing what we wanted to do and and what we felt God doing. And then last year we had, there there was this moment where the clouds cleared and there was an opportunity to get across to America. Uh, We had, um, we had R1, I had, my, my tourist visa is valid for 10 years. And Taryn and our, and our kids all have European passports. And uh, to get into America, they just got to fill out a form online because um, you guys like Europe and uh, Americans. And, um, and they got an electronic visa. And, and we just thought, you know, we've been waiting. Our kids have never been um, to New York. Let's just go. Let's just, uh, and we made this decision that we were going to go and we we're just going to go get on the ground, show them around. Uh, you know, we, we're waiting. We might as well wait there. And come for three months, we can go for three months, because that's what the visa allows us to do. And, uh, you know, and so we did that. And in, in that, God was there again providing for us. Someone um, said to us, you know, we want to pay for your tickets. So it cost us nothing. It cost us nothing to come. Um, and, and we were, yeah, we got to spend some time with you guys. We went around, we got to go. We, up until then, we'd never been to Wichita. We knew Wichita was on the map. We knew it was, it, was, uh, it was in Kansas. We knew this is the door that God's opened. Didn't know what it looked like. Didn't know how small it was. So we went to Wichita, uh, went to the house that they've arranged for us, took some stuff there, and it was, um, yeah, it was a great time. But then we had to go back at the beginning of February for a, an appointment because we had an appointment in the, first of, in the beginning of March. And we thought, everything's opening. We're going to get that appointment. Dum, dum, dum. There we go. That's, so that's the fifth appointment cancelled that we had. Six. No. Yes, six. So. Um, <laughs> you can see this is well rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a lot. No, but when we when we checked all the appointments, cancel appointments in Mexico, we did add one or two yeah, extra. Yeah. So I'm sure it's the fifth. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, so that was the fifth appointment cancelled, and. <laughs> Like, we don't know. I mean, we had to continue waiting. So our next appointment is July 26th. 
And so we made that appointment because we just had to keep on going. Um, but then, after, like when you're sitting in this position for a long time, Craig is busy looking on Facebook pages. Um, by word of mouth, you're hearing, this guy is also waiting for an R1. This person's also this. So he got connected with a couple of people. And this one guy said to him, listen, um, my approval for my visa is ending the end of March. So we're going to Mexico and then going into America. And we thought this was dodgy. Like this is like, you know, hopping over the border in Mexico to get into America. Like that's just not right. <laughs> so, um, and so we're like, okay, well, let's see how that works out. And if he gets over, we'll, we'll talk to our lawyer. <laughs> so um, he did. And so we, Craig emailed the lawyer and said, listen, um, a friend of mine went through Mexico into America. And he said, yeah, no, it is possible. It's a risk. But you can go into America and you can change the country where your appointment will be. And then you can have the appointment in Mexico or Canada instead of South Africa. So we changed the form. And uh, it's a long form. We changed it. And the very next day, our, email, uh, our lawyer emailed us saying, actually, we've got, a, we've got a proposal for you. This, is, this doesn't get done. But they're giving us an opportunity for you to fly directly into LAX. Obviously, we had to get into Mexico to quarantine before we go into came into America. But directly into LAX, and they'll process the visa for you there. And then you can come into the States. And we were like, wow, like, this is amazing. Yes, yes, we'll take it. The, the reason why they're giving it to us is because Craig has done so much research. She said to Craig, you are, you are probably one of the only candidates will allow to do this because you know what you want and you can clearly articulate what you want and you've got all the forms and all the cancelled notices to be able to get in. So like, you can take that opportunity. Our um, Esther visas, uh, the European Oops, visa... So... Yeah, so, so what I wanted to highlight in sharing the story about the visas is often we do things and we're not too sure why it's happening in the moment. So we, last year we, we felt like we wanted to come, but we didn't know that decision to come to America was one of the most vital decisions yeah, for the future of us coming to, to walk into what God's got for us. And, and Taryn will tell you why. Because it, it, it's... it's Often we do things and, and we feel like we, we're trying to do everything to pursue what God's called us to do um, and we're not too sure why this will have... You know, we're just responding now. We're just doing what... and responding to God now and that is vitally important because you don't know what ramifications that decision is going to have into the future. Yeah. And, and like I said, it was, it was, that was the make or break it for us to be here today. Yeah. So, um, so by, the time, by the time we got this, you know, in March... The U.S. had banned South Africa. So that's why we had a quarantine. So we, we could no longer get visas. You, we can't get into America. South Africans can't get into America. But because we had gotten that Esther visa four months, five months before, that visa lasts for two years. And we can come in and out of America three months at a time. Um, if we hadn't got that, this actually wouldn't have been an option because we'd have had to have... Um, uh, uh, current visas yes. to be able to do what we've just done. So America had put a ban on all visas for both Europe and South Africa. 
So you couldn't oh, yeah. get a tourist visa to come to America. If you had an existing visa, you could, you could get there. My, my visa, tourist visa, is expiring in two years. Theirs expires in one year. So there was this opportunity that if we didn't come last year, we wouldn't have valid visas, and we wouldn't be able to come now um, with valid visas. So, um, so like, that was exciting. So we went into Mexico, and we came into LAX, and <laughs> so there's always, like when God calls you, not, it, it's not smooth sailing all the time. But the bumpy road doesn't mean that God hasn't called you. The difficulty doesn't mean that God hasn't spoken and that God isn't faithful to what he's called you to. He's just testing our faith to see, like, do you know me, right? And do you still believe that I have called you? Do you still believe that I speak to you? And so that bumpy road was we got into LAX thinking that we could get that visa processed and the immigration guys were like, your paperwork is right, everything is in the right order, except we don't issue those kind of visas at the airport. We don't know why they told you we did. <laughs> and Oh, okay. So, But you can come on your tourist visa, we'll allow you to come in. And in fact, the guy there, was the officer was like, you can even go to the church and start working on your tourist visa because we can see you've got the right forms. You just have to hop over to Mexico or Canada and get, go to the embassy and get it sorted out. Um, and so when Craig emailed our lawyer or phoned our lawyer and said, like, this is what they said, the lawyers, didn't you get the form from them? And we were, no, we didn't know we had to get a form. And so that started the lawyer having to speak to the CBP, the officers on that side, the immigration officers, and they had to talk, and we had to wait about a week uh, for them to talk and give us an appointment to go back to LA and fly from Wichita back to LA for one day and back again um, to get our visa approved. Yeah, so, so then we, we went to LA, got the visa approved, and I was such a, after that, legally, a lot of work, a lot of be yeah, uh, to do what God's called us to do. Um, and it's, been a, it's been a heck of a journey, and there's, there's so much small detail in this that, that you just don't have time to share. We could, we could keep you up for another five days probably. But um, this is a big highlight for us. But in this whole thing, God has taken Taryn and myself, even though there's this journey we're on together as, uh, with individual journeys. And I want Taryn just to share her, her uh, two, two, three points of these highlights that God has said. And I'll share mine, and then uh, we'll okay. land it there. I won't be long. Um, there were three things that I felt like God has really emphasized, but two grounding things in the beginning of what God has called us to that made it possible to see it through to now. And I know we'll p make it possible in the future. First, at the beginning of uh, all this, at the beginning of the year, God asked me, um, Taryn, I want you to ask me for something big. So I felt in my spirit that God said, I want you to ask me for something big, something really big that only I can do. And at that time, uh, we had a family of five in a small house with one bathroom, and I thought that was a really big thing, um, that, that real inconvenience having one bathroom. And a family friends had, were selling their house, and it was really expensive, but it was a beautiful house. And I thought, oh, Lord, if you can give me that house, that's only what you can do because we can't afford it. 
we wouldn't be able to afford anything about it. And I felt God speak to me clearly saying, do you want a house or do you want a nation? And at that moment, I realized that my view of God was so small and so tiny compared to who he is. And when I started realizing that and saying, actually, Lord, I don't think, I don't think I see you as big as I should, he started revealing himself to me. And when we walk through the things that God is asking us to walk through, it is of utmost importance that we see God as big as he is. And our revelation of God needs to be bigger than what it currently is to walk into what he's called us to. And I'm talking about every single one of us sitting in this room and online. Because God wants to show himself and by himself, understanding his nature and his character, we have faith to walk into the things that he's got us. Not because of us, but because of who he is. That's how he... um, that's how we know what he's got for us. Um, and then the second one is actually who I am. Um, God revealed to me in the beginning, I don't know about you, but I'm incredible. <laughs> the thought of planting a church in that city is unbelievably overwhelming. <laughs> and I am not that person that can do that thing. Um, I can tell you right now, and at the beginning of where God has spoken, uh, I was not at all that person. I was insecure. I was, um, I thought very little of myself and thought very little of anything that I could be. None of my gifts or talents could actually work for God, although I'd love them to. I, I can't do that. And uh, God had to change my DNA and change the way I saw myself and the way he, who he, um, changed the way I thought he saw me in all of this time. Um, and I saw this quote, it said, from Oswald Chambers, as long as I dwell on my own qualities and traits and think about what I'm suited for, I will never hear the call of God. And I, I want to encourage you that what you have in your hand is not enough for what God has called you for, actually. (laughs) But he has called you for more than this. And you are not going to be able to be the person that he has called you to be to accomplish what he has called you to do. But he is the one who carries us. He is the one who sustains us. In Amos 7 it says, Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but I was a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore uh, figs. But the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Like God takes nobodies and makes them somebody. And so I just want to encourage you, if you feel your character, your, who you are, isn't good enough for God to use, then you're probably right. But God wants to use you despite how you feel about yourself. And he wants to change your DNA to work his great purposes uh, to advance his kingdom in this world. And those were the two things that have sustained me, that have encouraged my faith while waiting. And this one last one is waiting. Um, 
this waiting has been, this has been like two years, four years, I don't know how long we've waited, but this has been a time of waiting. And waiting is in all of our lives. We wait for everything. And I want to encourage you, like, like the Lord encouraged me, this waiting is not a waste of time. In Galatians 6 verse 9 it said, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Time can be our advantage. The waiting that God has us on in any area that you feel that God has um, called you to wait, or you feel stuck in waiting, or you're waiting for this to end, <laughs> or you're waiting for something to begin, um, it can be our advantage if we don't give up, if we continue to look to him. In Hebrews 6 verse 15, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. And we have to wait patiently. The testimony of our lives, of God's goodness, is not always in when we get or when whatever we're waiting for stops or when we get what we've been waiting for. The testimony to others is in that time of waiting. How we handle those things, how we deal with those moments, how we deal with disappointments and upsets and tragedies. God is the God of promise. Faith involves trusting the promises of God. God makes a promise. Faith believes it. Hope anticipates it. And patience quietly waits for it. And so I just want to encourage you in that. Those are the things that I know have stood out for me in this time. For, for me, it's, there have been two, two things that um, I've gone back to over and over. And, and for me, it's what, the one is that word that God said to me about 100% obedience. And I filtered through everything like with, through that. Is, am, I, am I being obedient to what God has said to me? It's not, it doesn't require anyone else to do it. Only I can do that. It's the only decision I can make is am I obediently doing what God has called me to do? And uh, for me, the, the second thing is knowing I'm not doing this alone. Is that the moment of doing it, I shared it with my wife and she said no. And I was like, well, I guess I'm shelving it. Then when we shared it with, with, with people we are accountable to, it was a... Uh, uh, the timing's not right. It was uh, maybe not now. It, it was, there was something else God wanted to do with me. And it's, it's not, that desire never went away. That call of God never went away. But it took some time to mature. It took some time because if, 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 if I launched off at the wrong time, I would have failed and killed our family because it was I. But when I've responded to the doors that God's opening, when I've responded to God's timing, it's been perfect. Perfect in all the details. And I know we read scriptures and sometimes we say they're great scriptures and uh, they mean a lot. But um, this scripture has become such a grounding scripture for me. And it's Romans 5. And uh, it's peace. Uh, this, the, I don't believe in headings, but I like them as well. Uh, the heading is peace with God through faith. And I knew for me in my journey with Taryn, with going to the nations, was am I at peace with God because I'm following Him and have faith in Him, or am I not at peace with God because I'm making my own decisions and I'm trying to do it by myself? And uh, in the waiting, waiting, I don't know about you, but I hate waiting. I hate going to the dentist and waiting. I hate doctors waiting. I hate waiting for anything. I don't want to wait. 
But um, in this waiting, this, this, this Romans 5 verse 3, it says, not only that by we rejoice in our sufferings, know that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And for me, the, the, in the waiting, the, the significant things that have been there is that um, we rejoice that in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. So in the waiting, I can either suffer and suffer and just suffer, or I can suffer to see that um, I can rejoice in the suffering so the suffering can produce endurance. That's right. That's right. And then I can endure knowing that the endurance, I can either endure and just carry on enduring and carry on enduring and I'm white-knuckling it until the end of time and I'm just miserable and I live miserable, and I'm, but know that the this, this, this suffering and this enduring will produce character. And I'm like, God, let me endure so I can see more of your character. And then let your character get established in my life and let me have more of this character so this hope can produce in my heart. And can I have more of your character and more of your character in my life so then I know you're in it and that gives me hope. But if I take my eyes off of it, I won't see God's character. I'll get caught up into other things and then I won't have this hope because I'm following circumstances and ever-changing circumstances, and then know that all of this works together, so I won't be put to shame. So God, the timing might not be right. It might, it might make no sense why God's used this way. Why is God sending us to Wichita and then to New York? Like It's like small town to big town. I don't know. No, I know why, because God's opened those doors. And those doors won't put me to shame. When we follow God, God's not going to put us to shame. When we be obedient to Him and be obedient to His decisions and, and His promptings and His moments, we're not going to be put to shame. Whatever you're facing, know that you're not going to be put to shame. But because God's love has been poured out into your hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to you. That the Holy Spirit has been given to us so that we're not put to shame, but that we can endure and we can inherit the kingdom of God. But for me, the, the, one of the biggest things is don't do it alone. We've had men and women in our lives up until now that have been there spurring us on, that have reminded us when our heads have dipped, that have been there to encourage us, to have been there to say, not now. And I can remember having that conversation with my dad and he said, no. And I said, who do you think you are? I've heard God. Thus saith the Lord to me and now me to you. So I'm saying it to you. The Lord is speaking through me to you. And he said, no, not now. The timing's not right. And I, I, we entered into a moment where we were the most effective and it set us up for our future. But I could have got bent out of shape there. I could have lost sight of what God wanted to do and I could never have walked into the inheritance we're walking into now. So don't neglect the team that God's got you in. Don't stop responding to the Holy Spirit. So I feel like there's stuff that you can respond to. I feel like I want to ask Taryn to pray for us and I'll pray for us. Anything, all of it, if you want to respond, just stand. Just respond to God. You're not responding to us. This is, this is our story. This is our journey. I, 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 want to, I want to throw a disclaimer in right now. I've got nothing against anyone in this room. I've got no axe to grind. Uh, Mark hasn't told me secret stories about you guys. I'm not loading a gun so I can shoot at you and aim at you. I, I, I have a sermon. I can sh- I'm a preacher. I can whip out a sermon and preach a sermon. I could have given you one of my latest ones. But we felt like this is what God wanted. 
is to share our story and let something of, and even, yes, we're not the most well-prepared, because even when we were preparing it last night, we just lost track, and we were like, but what do we emphasize? And we said, no, we know what God has done with us. He will highlight some things. And, and we've relied on Him. We've relied on Him challenging and Him throwing our challenges. And, and, and we know what God has said to us. It's recorded. We've got notes and notes about that. But we've relied on God just saying, okay, you highlight this. Holy Spirit, want to be obedient to you. So if you're feeling challenged, don't fight me, please. Take it to God. Let God mold and shape you. Take the challenge, process it, and work it out. Because God wants to speak to us. He wants, I feel like there's inheritance that He wants to awaken in some of us. There's a calling. There's a sense of the future that we have in Christ if we respond to Him. It might not, we might not get the answer we want in the moment, but we endure. And we endure in Christ because it's not going to be put to shame and we'll reap the harvest. So if anything you want us to, if you want to respond to, just stand. And uh, Taryn will pray and then I'll pray. And then, I don't know, we'll see you what, what God wants to do. You are so good, Lord. You are so faithful. You are so kind. You are so gentle. You work with us individually. You see where each of us are. You love us so much as we are. But you love us too much to leave us as we are. And so, Father, I just pray that as we stand for some who are wanting a a bigger revelation of who you are, who see the future, see the circumstance they're in, and it's just too big for them to fathom, too overwhelming for them to take on. I pray for those people that they would have a huge revelation of you, that you would reveal yourself to them, that they would see you for who you are, And as we see you for who you are, we can take on giants. We can walk through the storm. We can battle the armies. Because we know that our God has the victory. Because we see you for who you are. And we thank you for that, Lord. For those, Father, who don't think much of themselves. Who who can't imagine the dreams that you give them could ever actually be accomplished in their lives, who actually dream too little because they don't want to disappoint themselves because they can't do it. I pray for those people, Lord, that you would enlarge their vision of you and that you would come and restore their sense of worth in you that you would come and change DNA. The old is gone. The new has come. We are a new creation in Christ. And you are wanting to do a work in hearts that will change our DNA to suit your plan for the future that you have for us, for this kingdom that you are establishing in our midst, for this world. I pray for those people, Lord. And I pray for those people who are waiting waiting for something to end, waiting for something to begin, waiting for anything to happen of any significant value in their lives. 
I pray, Lord, that they would be faithful in this waiting, that you would speak clear words over them, that you would remind them of the promises that you have for them, and that they would hold on to you, that they would find life in you in this waiting, that they would grow deeper roots with you in this waiting, that their, um, their tent pegs would be stretched out in anticipation of what you're doing in this waiting, that they would mature and grow and strengthen in love and joy, steadfastness, peace, kindness, self-control in this waiting that they would feel your presence in this waiting. We thank you, our King, for being so faithful that when we call to you, you hear us. Every single time we call to you, you hear us. And you have good, good, good plans for our lives. Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to glorify you. Tyron was praying just ran in this place of just receiving I felt like for individuals for fathers, for families, for parents who are stuck in this moment of wanting to see change wanting to see maybe more God's kingdom in your life and Christianity to mean something maybe wanting to see healing come maybe wanting to see restoration in your children maybe wanting to see uh, lost ones as grandparents come to know you uh, whatever whatever role you play whether it's a father or mother or grandparents or a individual who's trying to lead their life i feel like god wants to say to you right now just respond make the first decision and watch what will happen Make the first decision to pursue Christ. Make the first decision to say yes and be obedient to what God has called you to do and watch the knock-on effect that's going to have in your family and in your own life and in your, bigger, in your bigger family. And God wants to bring freedom. He wants to bring callings. He wants to bring... Uh, 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 he wants to fan gifts into flame. He wants to commission. He wants to set free. He wants to do all those things. And I, I, I honestly believe the linchpin is going to be some of us just saying yes to God making the first step, taking our 1% and watch Him do the 99. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now for courage, for boldness, for an outpouring of, of, of You to reveal Jesus, to, to give us everything we need to do to make that decision. We won't make the, the, the practical decision. We won't make the decision we feel we need to do. We'll be responding to You and making the first thing, that, the decision that You ask us to make in obedience to You and watch You just flood us but God, we don't know. Myself and Taryn have no idea, or we did not know how you would bring us to this point, how you'd get us to this point with our family in America, starting a life here, but by the grace of God, but by responding to what He has said and watching Him just sustain us, just carry us, and just get us to this point. We can honestly stand and say, but God, but God. And I pray for those but God moments. As men and women, take the first step. As families take the first step, as individuals take the first step in pursuing God, the rest will be but God. But watch what God is going to do. But watch how God's going to set people free. He's going to heal emotions. He's going to, he's, going to, he's going to break addictions. He's going to heal. He's going to set people free. He's going to set people on a course to inherit the kingdom of God like we've never seen before. But take the first step. Boldness to take the first step. 
to make the first decision, to say no to sin, to say yes to righteousness, to, to say yes to accountability, to say yes to trusting um, and being part of a community. Whatever those yeses are, let them happen right now, Lord God. We love you, our King. Amen.